The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Thank you so much. Wow, that was awesome. And and Pastor Chippo, I didn't know you had those moves. We we got it on a camera a video. I said, Dave, I was over there. I'm like, Dave, you gotta get this. She has to teach me. <laughs> it's so good to be here. Uh, Dave and I are just so honored and privileged to be here. And just like you were saying, finally it's here. We feel that way too. It's like finally it's here. So we are so excited to get on the plane and come over. And the team is on their way. Billy and Becky are in England and they'll be here tomorrow, arriving tomorrow. So we are really looking forward to this weekend. So I want to give you just a little encouragement, sort of lay a foundation for what you can expect this weekend. So um, I was asking the Lord, like, what do you want me to teach on? And I just was really impressed that we are going to talk about taking the limits off this morning. Amen. Uh, so what a lot of what's going to happen at Wealth Builders is you are going to get a new wineskin. Amen. And when we get a new wineskin, that means that the Lord is ready to put something new in those wineskins. And as I look back on my life, I've had many seasons, a um, lot of things, you know, that have happened in my life that didn't seem like they were good things. But truly, uh, you were just singing about this, that whatever the enemy means for our harm, the Lord will make it for our good. There's a cooperation in that, right? You can train yourself when you go through difficult times to switch gears and see things through Jesus right away and when we do that it's really amazing what is on the other side of those things that seem difficult or even if you've gone through traumatic things so i want to encourage you this morning first of all with first chronicles twelve thirty two. this is more of a um, speaking something over you to lay a foundation for what we're going to talk about it says this of the tribe of Issachar these were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. Anything that we see in the Old Testament, people maybe had a portion of. But when we receive Jesus, we have the full portion. And so this was the tribe of Issachar. We're in Jesus. And so I just declare that we understand the times and we have knowledge of what to do. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Dave was sharing this morning some of the craziness that's happening in the United States. But despite what is happening around us, um, do you know what? God has given us an understanding of what to do. And now what does that mean? First of all, you are a gift. You are a reward. And you bring value and increase everywhere you go. And opportunity in Jesus. So Wealth Builders is a lot about bringing what is inside us to the marketplace. You know, we're in church, praise God. 
but there is a lot of people that wouldn't even step foot in a church. But we are called to go out into the marketplace and bring Jesus to them. One of the realities is, and this is something that I think is, is something that I've had to really think about. Wherever you go, because you have Jesus in you, you bring the church. So when you think about that, when, when God, Jesus told us to go ye into the world, I used to think that meant, oh my goodness, I need to travel to different parts of the world. But really, go ye into the world, it can mean that. But it means you and I going into the world. And we do that oftentimes through the marketplace. I've noticed something about young people, and I see many of you today. The Lord has put an entrepreneur spirit in you. Have you been seeing that? Like in young people, I remember my son Levi, when he was like five or six years old, he would sit and he would start to draw. And it's like, what are you drawing? Oh, this is a business mom. What? <laughs> and that is something that at an early age that God is like, this generation are entrepreneurs. Certainly it is to bring increase and wealth because it does take money for us to get the gospel to the world and have influence, right? But also I believe God knew the times that we would be living in and that young people, their opportunity and their ability to be able to fulfill the purposes of God is in entrepreneurship. We can drop in any environment and we're politically savvy, we're understanding the times and what is going on and we know what to do. That is you. So when you go into a situation, whether it's at work, you go into a challenge, when you remember, wait a minute, I'm gonna understand, Lord, help me. What is happening here from a political perspective? What is happening here that I need to know? And then we have the assurance that he's gonna show us what to do. We have the resources of heaven, just like the tribe of Issachar, and there it ties to a mule. He was like a mule that would bring resources. So the analogy for you and I is we are designed to bring the resources of heaven everywhere we go. Wow. You know, I've got a couple stories that we have gone into recently. It happened both with uh, my daughter-in-law now, Carly Hartman. My son just got married. We're so excited about that. And uh, something similar actually happened with Dave too, but this is, this is an example of how practical day to day an awareness of what you carry will help you. So Carly was going on an airplane and she was traveling, I believe to Florida from Tennessee where she was living. And she was on an airline uh, called Spirit Airlines. And <laughs> you got it, I didn't say that, he did. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and all at once she was sitting there and she heard this guy, it was a couple rows back, and he was, he was having a fit. He was loud, he was, um, it, he was drunk. There was something very negative going on and it was creating a lot of trouble in that airplane. And as she was like, wow, what, what should I do? You know, should I get up and go back there? No. She just became to have an awareness that, oh yeah, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're in me. 
So she just said very quietly, be quiet, settle down in Jesus' name. She didn't get out of her chair. And immediately, the guy just went calm. So in that awareness that God was in her, think of all of the people in that airplane that were blessed because of her awareness and just quietly saying, in the name of Jesus. And then Dave had a similar story. He travels all over the world. He was on an airplane, and there was a, a, something going on in the back that was really loud, obnoxious. And so he's a former policeman. So he's like, instead of like what Carly did, he's like, well, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go back there and see what's going on. <laughs> so he walks back, and the guy was just uh, so obnoxious and just going after the other guy that he was traveling with. And so... Dave just looked, just calm. You know, if those of you that know him, he's just shut up and sit down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Silence. And then this same guy, and I probably have this out of order. He would probably correct this story for me. But this same guy was picking on a guy that was a few rows up. He was another guy that was traveling with him. And when Dave came back there, he said, you're one of them. He could tell that he had Jesus in him. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is in you and me. And we carry that authority with us and we know what to do. I just want that to sink in to you with what you're facing in any situation. Matthew 13, 13 and 16 says this. This is the reason I speak to the crowds in parables. This is Jesus talking. He says, because while having the power of seeing, they do not see. And while having the power of hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand and grasp spiritual things. So he's really talking about, I'm sure the world, but the Pharisees and the religious people, they were just not seeing it. But conversely, this is us. But blessed, spiritually aware, and favored by God are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I assure you and I most solemnly say to you, many prophets and righteous men who were honorable and in right standing with God longed to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and did not hear it. So while people in the world, religious people that aren't in tune with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, don't hear and see spiritual things, but you and I hear and see spiritual things. Amen? You know, there's a scripture which we all know that says we have the mind of Christ. When we realize what that means, it helps to open up opportunities. In our minds, we need to renew our minds. And that's why I'm saying like with the new wineskin. But there is a catching as well. And the way that the Holy Spirit communicates to us things that the world does not know and we don't have the ability in our own minds to understand and see is through our spirit. The Holy Spirit imparts to our spirit 
which allows us to see things in our mind. And the word of God says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So part of what we are going to learn to do this week is we're going to learn to think different. We're going to get in tune with the Holy Spirit and allow him to expand the way that we think, to see our life in a way that God sees our life. And I'm going to share some scriptures. First, I'm going to share a story and some scriptures that are going to really impart that to you. And I want you to write it down and meditate it on it this week in preparation for this conference. So here is an interesting story. And in many ways, I have felt like this um, because of my life, some things that I've gone through. And this is about a young elephant. When an elephant is young and small, his owner will chain him to a large tree. The young elephant will try to break free of the chain because he cannot, he's so small and the tree is so large, he cannot move. Over time, as the elephant keeps trying to break free, he eventually learns that when he has a chain around his ankle, he cannot break free. He is constrained. Eventually, he just stops trying. That is why a grown seven-ton elephant chained to a small piece of wood lodged in the ground won't try to break free, even though he easily could. He is still under the impression that he cannot. But what if the elephant knew he could break free? That is the opportunity that you and I have this weekend. If the elephant decides to do something with this newfound knowledge, it will change his trajectory forever. It removes the limitations and the shackles literally and figuratively. If he decides to act, he'll never be the same. He'll have overcome the very limitations he didn't know he had. You know, you and I have limitations that we're aware of, but what I found is we have limitations that we're not aware of. And what I'm going to share with you this morning is six areas that oftentimes we have limitations that are hiding there that we don't see. And I'm trusting God that he is going to illuminate those to you. And we are going to break through gr those glass ceilings in your life. And then as you go into this weekend, it's this knowledge or understanding we popped open that glass ceiling that you're going to have the opportunity to receive all that God wants to replace that limited thinking with. Amen? I shared this scripture with you as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And I want to explain a little bit about that so you're prepared on how we renew that mind, how we get that new wineskin. There is an inseparable connection between teaching and practice. We cannot practice truth until we are taught it. We pick up some things from our culture, what we listen to and read, our experiences in life, and more. So as a person thinks in his heart, as we have been educated to think, ends up to be the way that we really are. 
feeding our mind with the right knowledge is key. And when you combine that with the power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, this is a room of world changers. And the people around you, they are just waiting for someone to come into their life to speak truth to them, to reveal to them what God has for them. And like I said, they are not coming into church. And so you that are called into the marketplace, and I know there's a lot of you, I want to encourage you, the call on your life is substantial. It is purposeful, and it is big. And I believe, and when you hear from Billy and Becky too, you're going to see that I believe that this is the major way, the biggest way that God is going to be releasing his power and his presence into this world. And there's something about South Africa. Can I just tell you? We've been praying, like, Lord, where do we go? We knew that Wealth Builders was supposed to go international. And one of the things, you've probably heard Billy say this, you know, that money is attracted, it is not pursued. There's a lot of peace in that. That means that as we fill ourselves with what God has, we don't have to go out and beat down doors, but it's just going to show up. So we've been praying, Lord, show us where we are to go. And we're not going to go out banging on doors to open them. We're going to see what we are attracting. And you know what? Pastor Tafara and Chippo showed up. Amen. And let me tell you, that is significant. Because that means that God has put on your leaders' hearts to lead this, not just in South Africa, but they are the first international wealth builders. And it started right here. Amen. Wow. I just have chill bumps. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. I have chill bumps thinking about that because, you know, when you, when you carry something like Billy and Becky, what they carry, and it is, it is so deep, it is so significant, and when you start to look at launching it outside of the United States, um, it's not something that they've taken lightly. And they knew and we knew that this couple, the first fruits of international. So I share that with you, not just to honor Pastor Tafar and Chippo, but also you are part of what they carry. God has called you here. So you are also care, you're also called to pioneer this first launch of Wealth Builders International. Amen. Amen. So I want to see yourself. I want you to see yourself. Your past, your present, and your future through the eyes of Jesus. A life of unlimited 
possibilities. So what does that look like? It can look like many things. But it could mean something like, hey, if you've got a symptom in your body, okay, they can be real, right? If there's pain, maybe there's a sickness you've been dealing with, whatever that is, when you see yourself through the life of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, are you sick? No, you are healed. Amen? So when we make that decision, when we learn to process our life through that shift, it changes everything. Because no longer are we living in this day-to-day limited by the world or by ourselves, but we are all at, all at once we are living life the way that Jesus paid the price for us to live. Let's say you're facing a business decision or a challenge in business, and it looks unsurmountable. When you have this mindset of, I'm going to look at this through the life of Jesus, is it insurmountable? No. Do you already have the victory? Yes. So think about that. You face a problem. Wait a minute. I already have the victory here. Now it's not about, what am I going to do about this problem? It's about, Holy Spirit, show me how to walk this through to the resolution. Oh, and by the way, you're going to make it for my good. Do you see how that shifts right away? So I, I, I began to understand this, and, and I was like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see this sooner? <laughs> all the worry, all the stress, you know, when you just know you go through something, it's like I already have the victory. So we don't have to fight for that. We don't have to beg God. We just have to see things the way that he sees them. Amen? He wants us to see, understand, and experience his reality so we may truly experience the life that he offered. I was drawing this little picture for Dave. Were we on the airplane? Uh, yeah, I think we're on the airplane. And I, I was just uh, kind of in and out of sleep. And you know how when you're kind of half asleep, half dreaming? Well, the Lord was showing me this in that sort of half sleepy state. Because I had gone to sleep or closed my eyes just thinking about, Lord, how, show me how to pull the reality of what you did into this world, into my life. Do you know, sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in that, yes, I know you did it, but I don't, I need help on how to see it. Amen? Amen? And in that, he just reminded me of this scripture that we are seated with Jesus. And in that, I, I'm sharing with you this uh, probably elementary analogy, but I'm just believing that's going to help you. Um, and I saw myself like, wow, Lord, it's so easy to kind of get down into the muck. But when I see myself where I'm actually seated with Christ, I had this little body and a smiley face. It's like, okay, here's Father God. At his right hand, here's Jesus. And then here's me. And then I drew these little legs and feet that were dangling from heaven. <laughs> Just imagine that. And then all the 
the tough stuff was below. It, it was under my feet, right? So he was showing me that that's how you connect. Like, I don't have to do anything. But when I'm living in his presence, which we are to do, and I see myself seated in heavenly places, which is actually where I live, right? Now, all at once, all the stuff I'm dealing with are under my dangling feet, and they're not touching me. So when we're sitting with Jesus and the Father, it's just like this continual exchange. And in that is how we receive what God has done for us. So see yourself in that place. I thought back to some things in my life where I, I've seen a lot. I've seen, I've seen a lot of amazing things. But I was thinking back to times in particular where I like had that manifestation of something and what that looked like. And I'm going to share a story with you that I think is going to help connect this. So after, I, after my first husband died, Levi was 16. It was a very, very difficult time. I had no warning. It, it's a long story. You can read my book and I tell you everything about it. But in that... Uh, because there was trauma coming at me and I was still learning, like, how do you deal with this challenge, right? Um, I had developed uh, a lump actually in my breast that was like, oh my gosh. And I had been believing God, like, you know, confessing it to go, I'm healed. And I just wasn't seeing results. It was just compounding all of the difficulties that I was facing. So I found out that there was um, a minister that was down in, I lived in a state called Minnesota, and he was down in this town called Des Moines, Iowa. So I got in a car with my four crazy friends, you know, sorry, y'all have to have four crazy friends, and we drove six hours down to this service. And so I was in the service, and I was just hoping, like, um, okay, God, he'll call, the, the guy will call me out. Do you ever think that, like, okay, I'll get my healing or whatever if he just calls me out. And I thought for sure he would because, God, I drove all the way down here. I drove six hours with my four crazy friends. <laughs> Got through the whole service. He called other people out, but he never called me out. So I was feeling a little discouraged. But then all at once he said, okay, anybody else that needs prayer, come on up. So I'm like, this is it. I come on up. And he looks at me and he said, you know, what, what do you need prayer for? So I'm in tears explaining how bad all this is. And then uh, he looked at me and he said, um, so, so, so what, what's going on? Do you have a lump, you said? And I said, yes, I've got this lump. And he said, there's no lump. And I was like, yes, there is. I just checked before I came in here. And he just looked at me and he said, there's no lump. And then he prayed for me. So I was like, oh my goodness, awesome. I'm going to go and I'm going to check, right? There was still a lump. 
So I was a little discouraged and just thought, Lord, what is it going to take for me to see your word come to pass in my life? And what he showed me is what that minister was speaking to me was truth. If I looked at that situation through the life of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, through the truth of his word, there was no lump. While there was a lump in my physical body, he was getting me to understand that when I saw that situation through what I was describing to you, and that became my truth more than what I was seeing and feeling physically, in that was my healing. And so I drove back, and it was the strangest thing over the next two to three months. Uh, I didn't even think about it. Where I was checking it every hour, every day before I went, when he shared that truth with me, a peace settled in. And I saw that situation through the truth of God's word. And this was in the fall. And at around Christmas time, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't checked this. I better check. Completely gone. Amen? So that's a very personal example that I want to share because it's a principle that I've learned to apply in my life. Whether I see things that are lining up in reality, in, vision, you know, in our earthly world here, or not, when we accept that truth, we know the victory is already there, whether it's today or whether it's two, three months down the road, or in sometimes it's two years. But that's where we keep that faith in that trust in the word. Amen? So 1 Corinthians says, but it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. God is so much prepared for you and planned. It's going to be more than what you can imagine. So some of us are imagining things at a very low level. And what I want to do is I want to pull that expectation up for you. And in that, you can know that, God, you're even going to do more than what I'm imagining. But we do have a part to get that imagining at a higher level. This scripture describes a difference between human wisdom and God's wisdom. Our human wisdom is limited to what we can see and work out in our mind. But scripture points out the value of reason and knowledge while demonstrating a difference between what our man, man's mind can achieve and what God's spirit can reveal. God's wisdom is believed and received through the spirit of God. So here are six areas that I'm going to share with you that we often have limitations in our life that I'm believing is going to break off of you today as we go through these. First one is past experiences. 
Any of you had some past experiences that are a little challenging? Do you know that can get in us? And I have a really funny story that's about Dave that I'll share with you here. <laughs> He's like, thanks a lot. All right, so let me give you a couple of scriptures. Uh, Psalms 45.10 in the Passion says this, Now listen, daughter, pay attention and forget about your past. Put behind you every attachment to the familiar, even those who were once close to you. Ooh, that's a word, isn't it? Wow. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. I want to pause there for a moment, because what I used to think is if I had thoughts in my mind that were not godly thoughts, that I had to like cast them down. Like, you know, kind of like it's my fault. Like I'm thinking those things. What this is saying is that when you have those thoughts or even memories from the past, you cast them down and bring them to the obedience of Christ. Not in a way like, how dare you think that? You need to get obedient in those thoughts. But what this is saying is like, no, I am seeing the situation through the life of Jesus. We bring those thoughts that if it's exalting itself against the knowledge of God, we say, no, I am seeing this through Jesus. And when we have things in our past that haven't been good, Maybe we've just done stupid stuff. I know I've done stupid stuff. And you know how you have those thoughts bubble up and it's like, why am I thinking about this? It's the enemy trying to bring our past experiences back into the reality of our today and in our future. And that's when we look at this verse and we say, oh no, that is not me today. I am a new creature in Christ, or no, that is not my future, and you change it to the what God says about you, to the way that God sees your situation. And it says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So with that too, it's like disobedience, like, like we're doing something bad, and it could be that, but really, it's like, no, I'm going to renew my mind. I am going to be obedient in seeing my life through Jesus. And when we do that, it gives him an avenue to bring that to pass in our life. So here's my funny story about this. Uh, <laughs> when I was widowed, it was in 2010. And I'd just been believing God at some point for a new husband, right? But Levi was 16 at the time, and the Lord just like, really put on my heart, like, you need to be a mom. And a matter of fact, he had me quit my executive job. He said, he said, Karen, you have one chance to be a mom. I will restore your career. So I quit my job, and I was at home with Levi that summer. 
And I'd made a decision that Lord, even though my dad at the time was like, Karen, you know, there's dating sites. And it's like, oh my gosh, no. But I was like, Lord, you are going to have to bring my husband to me. And like, I'm going to have to know, you're going to have to like knock me over or something because I'm just going to focus on you. Well, I had nine years of literally dateless abyss. <laughs> and I was starting to wonder, like, oh my goodness, Lord, is this ever going to come to pass? Well, uh, one night uh, we went to dinner, and it was with, how many of you know Lance Walnow? Yep. And Andrew Walmack and Jamie, for whatever reason, Levi was with, which was very unusual, and Lance Walnow brought a friend right here. <laughs> he was across the table sitting next to my son and I just like I thought he was married you know and so I was just like wasn't thinking anything of it well it was about seven eight months later Annabelle calls me and she's like you know Karen uh this Dave Metcalf our friend of ours uh, do you remember him? He was at that dinner. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I kind of remember him. Is going to give you a call. And she said, are you open? And I'm like, well, sure. We have many funny stories. I told him, he's like, when can we talk? I'm like, two weeks. <laughs> I was just like, I wasn't an easy candidate here, okay? Well, anyway, we had gone down this path where we were talking and, uh, you know, I started to think maybe, maybe this is the one. But then all at once, I was like, ah, I don't know. I, I don't think so. And um, I don't know why. I was just like, no, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think so. This isn't going to work. And my son looked at me, and he said, Mom, I really think you need to give Dave a chance. Isn't that sweet? I know. So anyway, uh, I was going out to a Bethel executive retreat, and so I was out there, and I was still like not sure what was going to happen here. And uh, Andy Mason, who's a friend of ours, said, Karen, we do this thing. It's called a um, sozo. Sozo. And I'm like, sozo? That sounds weird. I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. What? And he said, no, you really need to do it. I think you're going to enjoy it, but it's part of the executive retreat. So I said, okay. So I went into this room with this lady, and I was like, what is this? It's so weird. Well, she started asking me questions, and she said, do you have anything that you need to bring before God to make a decision on? And I'm like, well, yeah, there's this guy that I don't know. I don't know if I should be going forward with him or not. So as we started praying and talking through it, what she helped me see is that because of the trauma that I had gone, gone through, losing my first husband, I had built a wall around me, above me, underneath, that was so thick, no one was going to get through. So here, the very thing that I had been believing God for and praying for God was trying to bring to pass in my life. He was right there. And I couldn't receive it because I had a glass ceiling 
based on my past experience. Now, if you would have asked me if I had anything that was limiting me from seeing and accepting my husband, I would have told you no. But the anointing revealed that and broke that glass ceiling. And if I had not seen that, I would have missed out on the biggest blessing of my life. Amen? Not only that, but the future that God had called me to that was more than I could ask or think. I almost blew it because of my limitation. So that's an example of past experience. Wow, you guys are getting to know me really well today. I'm sharing all these personal things with you. All right, so, um, so I'll go through these other ones uh, pretty quickly here, but it's going to help you get an idea. The second one is fear of man. Fearing man is not obeying your heart, but putting the praises of people above the word of God. The fear of man creates an insatiable appetite for the approval of man. People that work hard for recognition are usually working hard for identity. That's one that really helped me when I would get discouraged because I wasn't being recognized. Um, it helped me to realize, wow, I think you really need to take a look at your identity because you're not solid. One of the best teachings on this is Bill Johnson, Fear God, Not Man. The applause of man will not help you get identity. Um, so I'm going to say something here that I think might help some of you. But if you are feeling like you're not being recognized, that you're not being seen at the level or recognized by maybe it's your boss, you know, I don't know what it is. That's God's protection over you because you need to press into your identity in Christ. One of the reasons that we are not promoted or put up in front of people is because, of, because God loves us so much and he wants us to be solid before he brings us up to that place he's called us to. Sometimes we see other people getting recognized and we think something's wrong with us or like, God, you're playing favorites. But let me just plant the seed that if that's you, it's because God has got such a big call on your life. He doesn't want this fear of man to trip you up. I think that's for someone. Any identity we receive from the applause of man must be sustained by the applause of man. This leads us deeper into the fear of man because we're always going after that affirmation. What the celebration of people gives you is not the meal. It is the spice you put on the meat or the addition. 
But one of my prayers is, Lord, don't bring me to a place that I don't have the character to handle because it means too much to me to do what God's called me to do. So we, we work in this area, and that brings promotion. He tells us promotion does not come from the north, south, east, or west. Promotion comes from God. So it's amazing when we focus on God, that promotion just shows up. Proverbs 29.5, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but those who put his trust in the Lord shall be safe. But a lot of times, our safety, it feels like, well, if I just do what I'm told to do, or the path of least resistance, or what my friends want me to do, or what my parents want me to do, but it's not what God has put on your heart, that's not your safe, that's not your safe place. Your safe place is in following what God has for you to do. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. But when you place your confidence in the Lord, you'll be seated in high places. The message of the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Wow. I had to learn this and actually had a, a team member that worked for me at the ministry at Andrew Womack Ministries that was, um, they're, they're doing really, really well today, actually quite well known. But at the time, he was, he was stuck in this. And he didn't even know it. And I just remember getting a call one time about something we had done wrong. And we were always getting in trouble in the marketing department for whatever reason. But anyway, this was something that happened. Someone put a flyer out that wasn't approved. So we got a call. I got a call. And um, the first thing that this person did is make sure everybody knew that they didn't do it. Have you seen that? Or maybe, I mean, I've done that too. Like, okay, I know something's wrong here. I'm just going to make sure everybody knows it wasn't me. <laughs> and that's what this leader did. Even though it was like under their area of authority, it was like, oh, no, I just want everybody to know in a blasted email to everybody in the department, everyone above, it wasn't me. And the Lord just gave me these words to email back just to that person. And it was something like, you know, you know, a leader goes in and takes responsibility for things. Doesn't worry what people think. Well, so the Lord gave me those words and I emailed it off and I thought, oh boy, this is kind of risky, but I knew the voice of the Lord. Do you know that that person came to me and said when they received that email, it was like a, a, um, an arrow like went into their heart. It just like cut through. And that was the anointing. That's like, it's time to break this. And then we went through a time where he, you know, he was crying and just like very repentant, didn't know he had this limitation. But it was holding him back. And so in that, once he saw this and said, I'm going to break this, it catapulted them. It was amazing. But it was the snare of fear of man. And do you know why he had it? He had a very critical father. Very critical. So he was always trying to get in that place 
where he was liked and approved of. But when God calls us to high things, there's many times that you and I are going to have to be prepared that we will not immediately see someone saying, wow, great job. I'm so glad you said that. Or I'm so glad you didn't do what I told you to do. You know, that doesn't happen. But they will see later on. So fear of man. Past sin, looking at past mistakes. And I'm just going to remind you, you know this verse. But if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he's become an entirely new creation. Entirely new. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself. The rest of that verse, it talks about when we receive that for ourselves, then we are able to help others be reconciled to God. The Passion Translation, uh, the commentary says this about that verse. This would include our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world, and our old mindsets. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We are made completely new by our union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You are completely new. Okay, number four, believing lies. How many of you are parents? Do you ever struggle with like thoughts and worry for your children? I used to. I heard that. I used to, too. And what I'm going to share with you, whether it's for your children or from another um, like business, whatever you face, this is going to help you tremendously. After my first husband died and I was a single mom, I was so full of fear. I was paralyzed. And one of the things that I was most fearful about was, was being a mom and raising my child. And so I was being literally tortured. I actually have a whole series on this called Fear Not. I was being, I, I understood what the Bible says that when you're in fear, you're tormented. I was being tormented to the point that I was like, I don't know how, I, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. It was constant. And then I read this verse, John 8, 44. It says this, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the desires which are not characteristic of your father. This is talking about Satan, right? He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what is natural for him, for he is a liar and the father of lies and half-truths. When I combine this with that realization that my true life, the truth in my life, is what God says about me, what God says about my son, what God says about my finances, what God says about my health, whatever that is. I learned that when I had thoughts of fear coming at me, that all that could be was a lie. Does God deal in fear? No. 
And so when you have got things coming at you that are bringing fear or they're a lie, trying to say you're something that you're not, right? When you understand that all the devil can do is lie, you call that out as a lie right there. And I actually got to the point where I was like, I know the opposite is true. So this is like, okay, I'm capturing that thought. That is a lie, and I'm not going to believe it because it's not what God says about me. So you start to rejoice when you have those thoughts because you know all it can be is a lie. Do you see that process? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. What is happening in our media today? What's happening in our schools today? It's philosophy, vain deceit. It is the enemy trying to tell our children and us that we are something other than what God has created and designed us to be. It's a lie. Amen? So this is going to help you to reject those lies in your life. Pride from a different perspective. 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. A lot of times we're told that to be prideful is to think highly of ourselves. And that's kind of true. I mean, we don't want to go up, you know, puffy and like, hey, we're all that. But really the pride that is being talked about here is us looking at our natural abilities and capabilities instead of God's capabilities in us. That is pride. That is saying that, Lord, I know myself too well, which I do, and I'm so not perfect. Or what about this situation? Or what about that? And limiting your life based on where you think you can go on your own. True humility is, Lord, I see the limitations, but you are the one that is bringing this forth, not me. And when we learn to walk in that humility, meaning let God go through us and bring us up to a higher level, is where we break through those glass ceilings and we're able to see our life catapult to the level that we never imagined. Amen? The sixth one is offense. A brother offended is harder to win over than a fortified city, and contentions separating families are like bars of a castle. Offense is something, I don't know if you've ever um, listened to John Bevere, he's got a teaching called The Bait of Satan. And offense is something that can creep in and help us feel, make us feel like, you know what? It's okay for me to have a grudge here, to be offended. We might not even know it because it's what we've been taught. 
But offense, if not dealt with, is one of those things that the enemy uses to keep us limited. So I want to ask you right now, Lord, I, I want you please to reveal if there is an area in your life or someone that you are offended with, We're going to release that offense because it is keeping you limited from where God wants you to go. One of the things that I learned, because you know what? Sometimes things happens to, happens to us that is not God. And if we were to look at things in the natural, we would have a right to be offended. But it doesn't hurt the person that we're offended with. It hurts us. And that's why we're going to release it. So, Father, right now, I thank you for revealing any offense that are in our hearts or in our minds towards people. And through your power, Holy Spirit, we break that offense. We release it right now, and we replace it, Lord, with your love. And I thank you, Lord, that we are breaking through glass ceilings in this area. We are opening up those portals to your blessing that have been clogged. And we thank you, Lord, we're breaking free and we are through those. And Lord, we just are so grateful that we are stepping into that place of abundance and this will not be a foothold in our life anymore. In Jesus' name. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to your power, Lord, that is at work in us. So Lord, no matter how bold our requests may seem, we trust that you can do all that we ask and more. And Lord, your means for accomplishing more, we can begin to imagine today. It comes through your strength and it's work that is done by you, Holy Spirit your power within us rather than our human strength. So we thank you, Lord, for breakthroughs. We thank you, Lord, that you are preparing the new wineskin in our life. We release any lim limitations. We cast those aside and we replace them through the abundance of your spirit in our life. And I declared this earlier, I'm declaring it again in this service, that as we look back at this time a year later, our lives will not look the same. So we thank you, Lord, for all the promotions. We thank you, Lord, for healings that are happening through this room right now. We thank you for, for breakthroughs in relationships. We thank you for peace in areas where we've had no peace. We thank you, Lord, for prosperity and increase in finances where there's need and resources needed to fulfill your call on our life. We receive them all, Lord, in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your time this morning. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.